2 Corinthians chapter 8. We all have a pretty much general response to a statement when someone says, I am from the government and I am here to help you. We all are dubious to be generous with, with that statement. And when it comes to um, our subject matter today in light of our faith promise giving and talking about the gift of giving, for me to say, and I understand coming in, I understand how difficult it is in the world that we live in that everything costs are spiraling and 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 it just takes more many times to make ends meet and just when somebody said just when you think you're about ready to get ends meet they move the ends don't they and and so i understand coming in it's kind of similar to saying, um, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. And I understand that many times we tend to have an idea about giving, like, oh boy, not that. Why couldn't have I had the flu today? Or, not that you'd wish you'd have the flu, but... Um, Incidentally, um, many of you have had the flu and have been battling things. Let me just mention, continue to pray for Retha Rumpel. She is home, um, recovering from influenza, what is it, B? If you know what A, B, C means. Anyway, it's influenza B, bad is what it means, okay? Um, but she is still very weak, so your prayers for them. But when it comes to giving, I honestly today, and, and I, I have no qualms about this at all, and God knows my heart, this is from God, and it will help us unequivocally in, in our own life and family, God has shown over and over and over again um, the reality of this truth. And the Bible contains more instruction on money and possessions and the subject of generosity than it does of nearly all other topics. It says more about money than it does about hell. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, two chapters that Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he devotes two whole chapters. We won't have time to deal with both chapters. Two whole chapters to this whole aspect of giving. Um, needless to say, he holds forth to them the example of the Macedonian churches 
<clears throat> that they gave out of their adversity, out of their need, and as we saw last week, this whole aspect of giving is much more than just a monetary thing. It is not easy. It is a battle because Satan wants to resist it because, as we saw last week, we mentioned it pleases God, it brings grace, it blesses others, it affirms God's lordship in our life, and it secures eternal rewards. <clears throat> Satan isn't for any of those. So if he can cut this off at the past and eliminate those from our lives, um, he seeks to do it. <clears throat> but you notice <clears throat> in chapter 8, <clears throat> let me begin reading in verse 1 and read down through verse 9. <clears throat> Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. He goes on, and as I said, chapter 8, he continues. Chapter 9, he lays down some principles of giving. But we want to look at some, some general principles of giving, and then biblical principles that are learned through faith promise missions giving. Number one, giving begins with God. You can't think about giving unless you think about God. Number one, God is the one who gave life. He created Adam and Eve. God is the one who gives you life, just physical life. We don't sustain our life. God is the one that gives us life, and He can take it in any moment that He desires. Everything about God is, is this aspect of giving. He gives life. But notice if you'd look in verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. We said giving begins with God. He gives life, but He gave His Son... 
to give spiritual life. For God so loved the world. Aren't you glad he didn't put a period there and that was the end of John 3.16? It isn't that he just loved the world, but he manifested his love by giving his son. You know, it's one thing to say to someone, I love you, and never to invest in them, never to show it in any way. Soon they would doubt the love. But God so loved the world, and proof of his love is that he gave. And he gave the most precious gift that he could give. He gave his only son. And as we are remembering this week, it is a testimony of the grace of God, the giving of his son. It is God that through Jesus Christ gives forgiveness. He daily gives blessings. He gives us grace. I mean, everything about God is giving, giving, giving. So it is, it is natural to think, if I am growing as a believer in Christ-likeness, I would become more generous. Why? Because my, my master is a very generous God. And, and every one of us wants God to be generous with us. In fact, we moan and complain when we think He's withholding something from us. But the reality is, God is a giving God. And the reality of it is that giving is a matter of grace. <clears throat> In these few verses that we read, Paul repeats the word grace five times in the context of believers financially giving to each other. Grace giving is the same way that Jesus gave. We read verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what was the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? That though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor that we might through His poverty be made rich. He, God, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, just look across there, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, For He, God, hath made Him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him, in Christ Jesus. It's all about grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That He became poor. He was made sin on our behalf. Took our penalty. That whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I trust you're here today and you personally know the grace of God. That you personally have received the grace of Jesus Christ. Grace is unmerited, undeserved favor. It is God's gift to those who don't deserve it, that we never could earn it. It is freely given. And it is this grace that Paul bases his teaching on giving. It's the best way to describe the giving that we are to do. 
we have often said, we have received this great grace from God, and He daily gives us grace, and freely we have received, freely we are to give. We have said often, we are blessed in order to be a blessing. We aren't blessed to heap it upon our own lust and desires. We aren't blessed to see who gathers the most wins. We are blessed of God in order to be a blessing from the standpoint, blessed of God that you came to know the grace that forgives sins and gives peace that passes all understanding. You are blessed by that so that then you can go and bless others with the same good news. That's what missions is. It's not just, praise God, I'm going to heaven. Me and mine are going to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? No, I am blessed to be brought to a relationship with God, but I am blessed in order to then go be a blessing. If all it was was get us saved and give us a home in heaven, the moment people got saved, they should drop over dead and go to heaven. If that's all the purpose was. But we're left here to be lights. We're left here to carry the testimony of God. We're left here to manifest the grace of God. So giving is a matter of grace. And it's a matter of giving. Grace is the standard of, of giving as God has blessed us that we are to give. As we said, freely we have received, freely we give. <clears throat> but giving begins first and foremost by giving yourself to God. Notice Second Corinthians 8. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's commending the Macedonians. The Macedonians, it said, in a great trial of their affliction and their deep poverty, they joyfully gave liberally to the needs of other Christians. And when Paul came to them, they begged him. Paul knew they didn't have it, but they begged him, no, take this. Don't rob us of the blessing of giving. Take this. They entreated Paul that they would take that gift. That's what he says in verse 4. And verse 5 then, And this they did, not as we'd hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. They first of all had given themselves unto God. When you have given everything over to God, to give to others is a natural reflex of the soul. When God owns you, He will direct you. And when in your mind you understand, I am not my own, I belong to God. And God, everything I have is yours. And God, you are the owner, so you dictate to me what you want me to do. You know, ownership makes a huge difference. The story is told of a woman who had finished shopping and returned to her car, and she found four men inside the car. 
She immediately dropped her shopping bags, drew a handgun, and screamed, I have a gun and I know how to use it. Get out of the car. The men didn't wait a second. They immediately got out and ran like crazy. woman got in her car. She was somewhat shaken. She loaded her shopping bags in and and she put her key in the ignition and it wouldn't turn. She looked around in the car and realized that it wasn't her car. She realized her car was parked four or five spaces away. She got her grocery bags, went to her own car, and drove immediately to the police station to turn herself in. The desk sergeant, to whom she told the story, nearly fell off his chair laughing. He pointed to the other end of the counter where four men were reporting a carjacking, by an old woman with thick glasses and curly white hair, less than five feet tall, and carrying a large handgun. No charges were filed. You see, she thought it was her car, but it really belonged to someone else. We think our lives are our own, but they really belong to somebody else. We think our finances are our own, but they really belong to God. And as a Christian, it's lining that thing up. It's lining up everybody on the face of the earth has what they have as according to the grace of God. But as a Christian, we should be the ones that acknowledge it and come <coughs> excuse me, under the authority of God and say, God, all that I have is yours. You direct me. I am your servant. I am willing to do whatever you direct me to do. And yet many times we think we know better than God. The Macedonians, first of all, presented themselves. Romans 12, they gave themselves a living sacrifice to God. God, you are my master. Whatever I have is yours. So, giving begins with God. Giving is a matter of grace. Giving begins by giving ourselves, first of all, to God. And then, fourthly, giving is motivated and sustained by love and obedience. Notice verse 8. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. Paul is saying, your giving is a proof of how much you really love God. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. A proof of our obedience, a proof of our love to God is our obedience to Him. A proof of our love to God is our likeness to Him. God is a God that is generous. God is a God that gives And the surest way to show that you love God is to keep His commandments. And the reality is, 
Our giving should be motivated by love for God and love for others. And it should be motivated by obedience. You know, there's times, there's a delicate balance in, in love and responsibility. Love and obedience. Love and duty. And we live in, a, in an age that those have, have really been divided into two separate camps. This is, this is just my simplistic definition of, of what has gone on in Christianity over the last 50 years. There were people that got saved and they loved God. And because they loved God, they established certain standards in their life because they believed they were biblical standards. And then there came a generation that kept the biblical standards but didn't really love God. They thought that a Christian does this, does this, does this, but they didn't have a great personal relationship with God. And so there arose another generation that it's all about loving God. Just love God and it doesn't matter what you do. Those standards. See, we get the pendulum where we swing it all love and no obedience. Or we swing it over here and we lose the love with the obedience and the pendulum. You know what? I love my wife. And there's times I'm motivated by love to do certain things. There's also sometimes that it's responsibility that motivates me. Does that mean I don't love her? No. This is the right thing to do. And I may not have wonderful feelings flowing. But this is the right thing to do, and it's my duty, and it's my responsibility, because I do love her. Do you understand what I'm saying here? There is the, there is the blending of love and obedience. And giving needs to be motivated by a love for God and a love for others. You know, I, I love <clears throat> hearing about, as we said, the, the 99-year-old landlord, 96, 99-year-old landlord in France that got saved. I love hearing about the, <clears throat> the Islamic leader in that community that got saved and is now planting a church in Algeria. I love hearing the transformation because, not because of us, but we're a small little part of it because we're helping spread the gospel. And there are days that it's, it's love that gives. And there are other days that it's duty that gives. But it's love and obedience together that demonstrate our love to God. I just quickly... Um, I just quickly want to share some biblical principles that we have learned through Faith Promise Missions. I, in 1989, we had Dr. Monday come and share this simple, it's not anything special. 
It's just a simple way to, to increase missions giving. And since that, um, the missions giving has risen from 5000 a year to over $100,000 a year from, from just this right here, okay? And, and the blessing of it is that's testimony of love and obedience of many people doing what God directs them to do. But I've seen in my own life and in others, <clears throat> number one, it's seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I am making this a priority. We call it first priority faith promise missions. I'm not going to wait till the end of the month and whatever's left over because there's nothing left over at the end of the month, right? I'm making it a priority. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And we encourage you in this regard, we encourage you that you give above your tithes. We, I don't want to take the time. If you'd like to discuss it, I would love to discuss it with you. Tithes are not the Old Testament law. They came about before the law. And we're not under the law at any rate. We're under grace. And grace is much more giving than the 10%. So he says, the 10%, yeah, give that. And tithes and offerings. He says, he gives this, prove me. We put down Malachi 3.8. You can take the time to go look it. He says, prove me to his people. Just test me, God is saying, and see if I will not Open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings you are not able to contain when you honor me with your tithes and offerings. This isn't a legalistic thing. I have found, we have found in our own life, there, there is no way that, that you can outgive God. And I've had many of you testify, it doesn't make sense. You can live better on 90 or less percent when you give God the first fruits than you can live on 100%. It doesn't make sense, humanly speaking, but it's perfect sense to God. When you seek first His kingdom, when you desire to give as you have been blessed, and you realize nothing is impossible with God. God has shown me over and over again that first year when we had faith promise, it was a, it was a disaster. Our missions conference, um, we had ice storms. We had the crud going through. The, the attendance was horrible, that missions conference, because of the various things that I said. And I thought, this is going to be the biggest dud there ever was. And Dr. Mundy said, no, it'll, it'll be all right. Here's a man, veteran of, of giving to God and trusting God. And that first year, our missions giving doubled what it had been previous. And it was like, you know, whoa, God is able to do far beyond what we ask or think. Nothing is impossible with God, and He is able to do far beyond. And it's not, we don't do this, we're just us here, okay? 
We don't have a headquarters we send in. This is how much missions giving. We don't... I'll share some of my flesh coming out. I get the shirt and paper, and they're holding up this big check. This group gave $250 to the whatever, Parks of Lucas County, I think. Whoop-de-doo. I mean, I'm not criticizing it. We don't put in that we gave $100,000 to Endure International. We don't do that. We're not here for anything like that. God, if you give it to us and we can be a garden hose that it flows through, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's not... The issue is not what comes in this Sunday. Man, we got to send it in report to some. No. It's the more that comes in, the more can be done. And the less that comes in is more a barometer on us than it is on anything else. But we've seen God is able to do way beyond <clears throat> what we can ask or think. And... Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. <clears throat> Do you know what? Most churches wouldn't recognize their missionaries when they came in and walked in the door and sat down in church. Why? Because when you don't invest much in it, you don't care much. But when you invest a lot in it, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We have missionaries come back and say, man, this church, we get letters from people. We know you're praying for us. You've helped us. You've been a blessing. You feel like family. We are co-laborers together. Why? Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The, the missions program is not, well, a church is supposed to have missions offering, so we better do it. No, we want to be co-laborers together. And then God's ways are not our ways. I, I've shared many times before, the church was hugely in debt. And I prayed, I said, God, if you would get us out of debt, we could do something for missions. And God said, um, I'm going to lead someone to you that will give you an opportunity to do something for missions. And we'll see. Then I can get you out of debt. I had it backwards. God, if you get us out of debt, we'll do something for missions. God said, if you do something for missions, I'll get you out of debt. So we said, okay, God, this doesn't make sense to us, but the church said, let's go. We did something for missions and kept doing something for missions. And in five years, less than five years, $180,000 was paid off and the debt was gone. I would not have planned it that way. My plan was pay off the debt and we'll do something for missions. God says, no, 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 my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. My ways are better than your ways. My ways are perfect. And individually, I know the battles that go on individually. <clears throat> and, and we're not, and again, all this faith promise stuff goes directly to missions. It, it's not going to stay here. But you know what? Let me tell you. Because 
You as a church, we as a church have had a heart for missions. You know what? God has abundantly provided for every other need. To God be the glory. You know, know what our biggest financial problem is? Figuring out what to do with the money God gave us. That's all God's doing. And I know God can change that at any time to teach us anything He wants. But again, it comes back to where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Booker T. Washington said, I began learning long ago that those who are happiest are those who do the most for others. To me, this is one of the most basic, simple ways of beginning to do for God and for others. Someone said, if the Lord took your offering, multiplied it by ten, and made that your income, how much would you make? Think about it. If just in the most basic Everything I have is from God. I freely have received His grace, and now I should freely give His grace. Giving, as we're centering on the faith promise missions, has many, many avenues besides that. But this week, we're dealing with that. And it first of all begins by giving ourselves to God, and it is then motivated and sustained by love and obedience. But God made a promise, if you seek these things first, the kingdom of God, all these other things, what were the other things? What shall we eat? What shall we drink? How shall we be clothed? All these other things shall be added unto you. As you seek first the kingdom of God. I trust that, and again, it's not for the sake of the mission. I trust for your sake that you know the joy of giving. I trust for your sake. And this isn't just to adults. It's for teens. It's for young people. I trust for your sake. First of all, you've known the joy of God's grace. And then you know the joy of The gift of giving. We have received the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that though He was rich, He became poor for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Heavenly Father, Your grace is amazing. Your generosity is beyond compare. And Lord, I pray that your Spirit would personally minister in every one of our hearts, that not only in giving to missions, but that we would have generous attitudes with others, that we would have generous thoughts, that we would have generous actions. Lord, that we would reflect the nature of you. And Lord, I pray... If there's one here today that has never responded to the generous offer of your Son to forgive all of our sins 
and cleanse our soul. Lord, I pray today they would call upon you for the forgiveness of sin. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer here. I pray that, first of all, we would give ourselves to you. And in so doing, that we would acknowledge that you are the master, that you are the owner. And then, Lord, that we would obey whatever you want done with whatever you have given us. Our life, our mental capabilities our resources, whatever it is, that we really would be submissive to you. So, Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be conduits of your grace, to be instruments that you can flow through. And I pray that we would know the joy of your provision, that we would know the power of you at work in us, and Lord, that your grace would be made abundant, that we having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.